Hello, and welcome to Career Talk with OG, where we empower you so opportunities come to you. Through our series of podcasts, we will give you relevant, practical, actionable career tips and strategies. We believe that through the act of storytelling, we can deliver relatable and authentic talks that allow listeners to gain real-world insight into the career journeys of industry professionals. With our very own Sasson, we bring to you Career Talk with OG. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Career Talk with OG. Today, we have a special segment for for you. We're doing a career Q&A here with me hosting and asking Oscar here some questions. I'll hand it over to you. All right. Hi, everyone. So it's evening now. Can you believe this? I remember when we started doing uh, these career talks back in June, the first week of June. I mean, right now it's 630. I mean, people are still going out. Well, not really. Not going out, you know, bike ride or whatever, you know. But uh, it's all dark right now. So anyways, um, <clears throat> I'm uh, excited today. Like Angelica said, we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, I'm going to do a, uh, a, a Q&A session. So if you do have any questions <coughs> career-related, feel free to send it via the chat. And Angelica can uh, moderate that and uh, ask the questions. But, um, you know, I want to start off first by just kind of giving my own assessment. This is obviously the OG version, okay? I don't have all the data like LinkedIn and Bureau of Labor Statistics and all those smart people out there. But I do talk to a lot of job seekers, a lot of professionals. Uh, about an hour ago, I just got done doing a webinar for a group of, uh, of young professional students out in New Mexico. Uh, last week, I did a webinar for a group of job seekers, 40 and older. And again, I, I talked to a lot of people and they share with me. And I think <clears throat> right now what we are seeing as more and more of the country opens up, obviously, um, kind of people are starting to go back to work. But the thing is that, that the impact of the pandemic and the job market was very severe, very deep. It literally just fell off the cliff and so um while i am hearing some some industries starting to turn around and pick up and so forth there's still a lot of people that are getting laid off i mean even just last month um in october when the um uh the government funding you know sort of like th that time lapse of when companies um if they lay people off from that uh loan forgiveness or money that they received from the government ended there was uh, some major airlines that laid off or uh, a lot of people furloughed a lot of people even the happiest place in the world is not very happy right now okay at least not over here in california uh if you know what i mean disneyland okay so things are still still tough uh we are i think kind of realizing that this whole pandemic and the impact of working from home remotely etc it's here to stay for quite some time maybe at least until fall of next year i've also seen some companies <clears throat> that uh, like major consulting companies uh management consulting companies that are letting people their employees know hey you know what actually we're gonna you know we're gonna go remote permanently and one of the things too because i do a lot of trainings internationally uh last month i did some for el salvador uh and just other people throughout the the, the world i want you to also realize that 
we're competing more and more so with people internationally because there could be someone in, I don't know, Chile, Colombia, Vietnam or whatever, a professional that is able to work remotely because we're remote and we're competing with them. So it's something that we need to be aware of and cognizant. And what does this all mean? We need to be like working on our skills and improving uh, and so forth. But anyways, that's just kind of my two cents uh, on this, my personal observation. But um, I had to get, do we have any, any questions? Yes, great segue into our first question here. So it says I'm a furlough worker who needs to make ends meet. Is it okay to explore jobs outside of my career? Is it okay to take that job at Safeway, Costco, or other positions during <clears throat> this time period? And how will it affect my resume? Yeah, you know, uh, I actually, just saw I subscribe uh, subscribe and if you haven't um, one of the LinkedIn editors Andrew Seaman he puts out a really good uh, weekly e newsletter uh, follow follow his newsletter and um, this week's Monday's uh, e newsletter that he sent out um, he talked about how LinkedIn had done some you know some research and um, people are kind of hiding the fact that they lost their job. Um, no embarrassed, kind of the stigma, I'm out of work, et cetera, and so forth. <clears throat> and, and and to this question here about, you know, should I go work at Safeway or somewhere else? You know, sometimes we view that as taking a step back. But folks, mm -hmm. first of all, there shouldn't be any shame of getting laid off, especially right now. Um, I've had, I have some friends that are recruiters that have said, hey, if there's ever a time to get a pass for what is going on, that gap or what's going on in your career, <clears throat> this is a year to be able to get that pass, that free pass, because everyone has been impacted. So one realize that there should, uh, don't let it, it's not a shame, you know, to, to do that. Um, secondly is, is that folks, if you have to do whatever it takes to pay the pills, okay, mm -hmm. who cares? I, um, back in March, when my training uh, part of the business got completely wiped out, I was stressed out financially. I actually went to TJ Maxx to apply, to do some stock work, you know, to, to, to unload the trucks and all that type of stuff. And I, I thank God I, I didn't have to go pursue that. And I still keep uh, the job alerts from TJ Maxx because it's a nice reminder for me of what situation I was in and what I was willing to do to to pay the bills. Like at the end of the day, who cares a rip about what other people think or don't? I mean, I, hey, they don't pay my bills, right? Until you pay my bills, like I don't give a rip what you think. Um, so think about that, folks. The other thing too is, is that you just never know sometimes when it seems like you're taking a step back, who you might connect with. Uh, networking, hey, guarantee you, if I was working at TJ Maxx and I was, you know, out on the floor or something, who knows? Maybe God blesses me with an executive from Apple, okay? Because that's where the TJ Maxx I went to and walks in. And I, I have uninterrupted time with him or her to tell them my story. And who knows? Maybe my story just touches their heart. And they're like, damn, this person is willing to do whatever it takes, man. And you just never know, folks. You just never know. 
opportunities in the most unlikely places. Thank you for that. Well, on the flip side here, I have another question. So it says, I'm stuck in a job I hate. My boss is a tyrant and my coworkers are incompetent. Is this a good time to, to explore other options or do I hang on to the job I have? <laughs> oh my God. <clears throat> you know, interesting question here because it's, I mean, again, it, it is, we are in a tough situation, right? So less jobs out there, you will be competing. Um, I mean, you have to realize sort of what, where you are financially as well, what your responsibilities are. I mean, you don't just want to just walk out of a job and, uh, necessarily um, and, and be kind of do it irresponsibly. Um, it, 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 but at the same time, I also get it too. If it is a situation where, you know, it is making you miserable on the weekends or you come, well, you're not really coming home. Okay, I'm assuming you're, you know, where it's just stressing out. Sunday comes around and it's just impacting your emotional health or your well-being with your family. Then, yeah, you know, you should actively be looking for another uh, job. But I, but you do want to be smart about it. Um, I mean, the nice thing is and the best time to be looking for a job is when you don't necessarily need to from a financial standpoint. Um, and, and, and the other thing, too, is sometimes we get comfortable at a job and stuff like this happens and it makes us uncomfortable and it finally pushes us. I've been in situations where I realized like, gosh, you know what? I'm glad that I left, man. And, you know, because yeah, otherwise we just kind of put up with some things. Absolutely. Well, going off of looking for jobs, what three things can I do daily in order to increase my chances of getting a job? How much time should I spend? So this, I'm assuming that this person is not, is unemployed, is not working. Yeah. And so you need to treat your job search as in, um, uh, like as if it was a job yeah, with that intensity, that mm. focus. Um, it, it just blows my mind how oftentimes we kid ourselves, we fool ourselves to thinking that, you know, I apply to three jobs or, you know, I, I, I reached out to five people on LinkedIn or e <coughs> emails or whatever. Folks, that level of effort is not going to work, okay? <clears throat> you need to have a plan. You need to be consistent and the effort needs to be focused. Now, am I saying eight hours a day? No, but you should at least probably anywhere from three to four hours, Monday through Friday, I'll give you weekends off, okay? You go have fun, whatever. Um, but three to four hours, focus on your job job search. And how do you how do you break up that time? Well, first of all, um, I am a fan. Those of you that know me, I am a fan of, of teaching people how to attract opportunities because I'm an introvert. I hate begging others for opportunities, whether it's hire me, whether it's in my business or whatever. Instead, I like to attract opportunities. So one way to do that is <clears throat> getting active on social media and sharing content. Ideally, LinkedIn is the platform, but you can do it on other social media platforms. Share content that is relevant to your industry or the sector that you want to go into that is consistent with your professional brand. Uh, I, I joke around with this, but I'm trying to make a point. Like for me, I do believe personally taking care of the environment, but that's not part of my brand. So therefore, you're never going to see me like share or reshare a post having to do with uh, Earth Day 
That's just not my brand. It's not consistent. So stay consistent. So first thing is get on LinkedIn and start getting some content uh, out there. It, it keeps you top of mind. Um, it increases the possibility of engagement, which can then lead to networking. Next, start sending out some messages, whether it's email, whether it's text messages, whether um, it's you know connecting with people uh, on LinkedIn. It's part of that networking that, that you're doing. And then uh, the other part, maybe the other hour or so or two hours, you focus on actually applying for jobs because, yeah, you know, there might be some situation where you are going to need to apply online. You might need to put together your resume. You might need to, you know, your cover letter and you want to tailor the, uh, that information to the opportunity. So, yeah, three or four hours a week focused on that Monday through Friday and, and you're going to see start getting some results within the first, you know, 30 to 60, 90 days. Awesome. Be realistic with the effort you put in. Definitely. Now, going off, let's see here, more questions. Now, we'll get, as we all know, getting a job is and job searching is just one part of the equation here. So let's talk about interviewing virtually. Any tips and strategies? I know this is definitely dif uh, different now in COVID time. So anything different versus in-person interviewing? Yeah, so <clears throat> one of the things about interviewing uh, virtually is um, it's actually, it, and I find this for, for myself personally, because from my standpoint, when I'm doing webinars, like you can't see if I have down below my laptop any notes or anything like that, because right, the camera is just up, mm -hmm. up here, so you can't see. So what, what do I mean by that? You can actually have notes, right? Uh, that, that will help you that normally in an in-person interview, it would be kind of awkward. Imagine if you walked in and you just kind of laid out, you know, all your notes about the job, you know, in front of them, be like, eh, what? Yeah, I, I know how that works, right? In-person interviews. So take advantage of the virtual from that standpoint that you can have information in front of you. It's okay to every once in a while look down or whatever and then look back up at the camera. Um, so you better prepare. But the other thing too is, is that it is important. I'm a huge believer. You need to practice, practice, practice interviewing virtually. Go get a free Zoom account. You get up to 40 minutes free, okay? And find a buddy or a relative that you can just practice getting on the camera, okay? I, from my standpoint, from a training standpoint, my first three or four webinars that I did back in March, early April sucked sucked i was nervous i remember my friend philip tran after my first one he, he like called me and was like dude how do you think you did i'm like uh, i don't think i did that great yeah yeah no you sucked oscar <laughs> thanks philip okay <laughs> but it was true i was horrible and the more i've done it the more comfortable i've uh, i've gotten so you got to practice practice getting uh 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 being in front of the uh this camera the other thing too is is that it is important that you research people that you are going to talk to interview um you know maybe even ahead of time send them an invitation to connect on linkedin you never know if they accept it um but at a minimum research and, and i'm going to give you an, a, a a tip here that very few of us do it's not just looking at their linkedin profile and seeing their work history go to their activity section and go and look at the all the activity it will tell you all the information the content that they've engaged with and then also then go to their post and it will tell you what they are posting why is that important because it gives you an insight as to what is important to them and part of 
that interviewing and ultimately getting that job, aside from obviously skill sets and you know matching and so forth, it's do they like you? Do you like them too? And so therefore you get to see some of their hot buttons, things that they're interested in, et cetera, and so forth. So those are some of the things that you can do to prepare for a virtual interview. Thank you. Being prepared, always a good thing. Now, while I know that a lot of us are adjusting to this virtual life, here's our next question here. How do you network with no in-person events or no job fairs? As an introvert, I'm happy there are no uh, live events, okay? Because us introverts, we need to kind of, we prefer sort of those warm introductions or, or establishing some common ground. And so one of the one of the tricks that I realized and sort of kind of an aha moment is um, like, for example, on Eventbrite, you can go onto Eventbrite, you can do a search on events based on the topics, the industries, geographic regions, you know, that you are interested in. Like I can literally go on there and if I wanted to go network with people in Mexico, you know, on, you know, whatever it is, leadership development, I could type that in, search in Mexico, and it will show me events about leadership development in Mexico. And I mean, do the free ones. Okay. Yeah. You can, I mean, if it's something that you really want to learn, it's that you can pay for them, but ideally you can do the free ones. And here's the thing. Once you log in to a webinar, depending on how they, 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 uh, the host has organized the webinar. If it's sort of kind of like that gallery view format, um, <clears throat> you're going to be click on the gallery view of zoom, for example, and take a screenshot of the people that are on that webinar. And then afterwards, after the webinar, go on to, for example, LinkedIn, look them up. And if it's someone you want to connect, personalize the invitation and say something like, hi, Oscar, I noticed you on the webinar for leadership development organized by blah, blah, blah. Um, we'll love to connect with you on LinkedIn. You send five, 10 of those types of invitations, I mean, probably at least 30 to 50% of the time, they're going to accept your invitation. And that's the first step to building uh, that relationship, networking, et cetera, and so forth. So that's what I recommend. Thank you. Networking in your pajama pants, every <laughs> introvert's dream. Yes. So do it. <laughs> With that being said, um, one of the things that is also I find that a lot of us are adjusting to is what can I do to stand out from the crowd, especially virtually here? Mm -hmm. mm. So several things that we can do uh, to stand out. <clears throat> Folks, one of the things I'm, I'm, I'm going to just there's so many examples that I have. OK, but one is because I just talked about this, about being on a webinar. Um, whenever possible, uh, change your background. Okay, change your background. I tend to pick uh, have backgrounds of places that I've traveled. Last year, I was fortunate enough to do quite a bit of traveling, and you know, so I love taking those pictures. Why? One, it's a conversation starter. It's it's amazing how oftentimes there's this one group that I've been co-facilitating a leadership program, and um, every week I change my background, and it's gotten to the point where it's like, where are you at today, Oscar? Again, from an introvert's perspective, the fact that they ask me a question versus the other way around, I love it. Okay, that's I love it. Um, so that's one simple way 
to be able to stand out from a networking standpoint. Now, obviously, in terms of a job seeker and so forth, because I think that's where the, this person is going with, with this question here, is, is that you can stand out on your LinkedIn profile. Making sure that you have a LinkedIn profile that is aligned to your professional brand, it is completed. And one of the areas that I see so many people leave down uh, professionals is examples of their work. I just this webinar that I, that I was on about an hour or so ago, I, uh, I I talk about how in elementary school we used to have show and tell. At least I did, right? And you bring you know, hey, this is this, and et cetera, and so forth. And like you're showing, right? And and telling. And all of a sudden we get to be a professional, and all we do is tell people. And that's the same thing that we do on a resume because we're used to that. We just tell, tell, tell that we're the number one and that we hit quota or exceed a quota and that, you know, I know how to program and this and that. But LinkedIn gives you the ability to add multimedia in your featured section under your work experience. That's where you can highlight and show examples and even even just sharing, highlighting that your 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 work or examples of your work experience on LinkedIn separates you from the masses because hardly anyone uh, does that. The other thing too that you want to do is that you want to get recommendations and endorsements for the key skills that are relevant to that next opportunity. That's another area that a lot of professionals drop the ball. Like if you are telling me that you are tops in marketing and you've been doing it for 12, 15, 20 years, and I go down to your skill section and you don't even have marketing listed there, one, or you have you know less than 10 people endorse you, one idea that tells me you're not active on LinkedIn or you're horrible, you suck at marketing and no one wants to put their name behind and be like, yeah, this person, I, I, I don't know you. So like, where am I supposed to go, right? To judge you. The other is recommendations. Go get people to write you a recommendation. And when you seek recommendations, look to get recommendations that paint a holistic picture of you. Yes, skills and in industry, you know, what you've done, but maybe also maybe your leadership skills, you know, people's uh, skills, public speaking, you know, a variety. So it paints a good, again, holistic picture of who you are. So those are some tips to help you stand out. Awesome. Thank you for that. We have another question here. What are the top three mistakes or errors do you see that people make when creating their LinkedIn profile? <clears throat> um, one is what I just mentioned, and that is yeah, not having, um, not backing up what they say that they do. Mm -hmm. That's one. Number two is um, um, not really highlighting their strength. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of people out there that feel like they're bragging, they're boasting mm. certain, uh, certain things on their profile. And I'm like, this is a time for you to do it. This is a time for you to do and let the world know you are the best. Um, Cause if you don't do it right now on your profile, when are you going to do it? How, uh, what, like, I suppose, uh, you know, are people magically as a recruiter, a hiring manager, magically going to know that you are tops? No, you need to highlight your experience. And something that you, uh, I've heard you uh, saying, Helica, is too, is for those of us that might have difficulty with feeling like we're bragging, uh, boasting, focus your, in, a, in your about section 
also include on why you do what you do as it relates to the benefit to the company or to others. Um, and when you say it like that and you lead that way in terms of your why, what's in it for others, it's it's just it's basically kind of putting the steering wheel on the vehicle, and now you can really steer your badassness. That's such a word. I think that is a word, but you can steer it in the in the right uh, direction uh, and be able to let people know how amazing you are. Um, but that was two, and then uh, sorry, the, the third the third area is networking. Okay, networking. So. On one end of the spectrum, I see people that are completely open networkers. They just connect with anyone, okay? And I'm not judging anyone. You do however it is that you want. I'm just explaining here. Then on the other end of the spectrum is people that only connect with people they know. I'm in the middle, okay? And the reason why is because um, I'm not just, I just don't want to add numbers just for the sake of having numbers, okay? Uh, I also, if I only connect with people I know, that would be like, you know, back in the old days, walking into a networking event and only speaking to people that I know at the event. And if I walk into an event and I don't know anyone, like imagine like, like if I just zip my mouth, that'd be kind of weird. Like, why did I go? Maybe to listen to the speaker, I don't know. So I'm in the middle. And um, the criteria that I use is number one, um, can I help you? Can you help me? Number two, um, do we have any mutual connections? And if so, who are these mutual uh, connections? Um, and, um, and then number three, where are you located geographically? Um, you know, is it an area or part of the country or for me, you know, part of the world that I might be interested in doing some business? If the answer is yes, we might connect. If the answer is no, maybe we won't connect. So those three areas, is, uh, some areas that uh, uh, I would encourage people to Thank you. I hope everyone is taking notes here. Um, I have so I have two scenarios here for you, and there we'll start with the first one. And it's it's hypothetical person, so we're gonna go with the name Sam. So Sam is a young professional who has little experience in her desired career field of choice. Um, how do you think she should best approach creating her LinkedIn profile with to compensate for her lack of experience without, you know, completely lying? So that's a, also a good uh, question. So what I would recommend this person is, um, so, I mean, you fill out your profile with, with your career experience, whatever it is that you have. Um, the other thing just to spruce up uh, the wording of your career experience is do a Google search for job descriptions of what you had. I don't care if you, you know, were like at in an app burger uh, where, you know, the person that is like slicing the, the, the French fries, you know, the potato, yeah. the fries. I don't care if that's all well, you it's do. valuable. Yeah. <laughs> that's all you do. Look up job descriptions that are written by professionals, i.e. human resource professionals, because mm -hmm. they're really good at writing job descriptions, right? So, and so you want to then take verbiage, assuming you've done that work and put it into your LinkedIn profile, even on your, on your um, resume. Okay. Again, assuming you've done that work, because 
what that does is not only are you using obviously more better verbiage language than I could probably come up. I mean, I couldn't even describe that person's job. Okay. Secondly is you're going to use, um, current terminology. Uh, I, I, I sometimes talk about this where like seven, eight years ago, uh, on my LinkedIn profile, I used to say I was co-founder, co-founder of a nonprofit. And then I started seeing the, the phrase social entrepreneur. I looked it up and I'm like, what the heck is a social entrepreneur? And I'm like, oh shoot, that's me. They're describing me. And so I changed it. Okay. And it says now social entrepreneur. So that's, uh, uh, what, what you can do. Okay. For, for someone who doesn't have experience. The other thing, if you don't have experience is focus on selling where you want to go, where your vision is. And you know where I learned this folks from 12 years of working at startups, 12 years of working at startups, because most startups are selling their vision either to investors or to a client. I remember because I worked in, uh, in some cases for software companies, startups, and, you know, they're, they're, the client would ask like, hey, does it do this? Does it do that? Like, yeah, it does. You know, this is how it's going to do it. And then I would be like, I don't think our current product does that. Like, this person's like lying. And no, it wasn't that the person was lying. Is it? Is that in the roadmap for, for engineer software development, that feature was going to be out in the next 90 days. And by the time the client bought that uh, software, it was already going to be there already. And so it's mm. selling that vision of where you are going, that vision, okay? I use you know your LinkedIn uh, about section as an example because you do a great job you know your your aspiration is to be a college professor professor in ethnic studies and the way you've written your linkedin profile you talk about why you want to be a uh, college professor what that means to you etc and so forth and to me like that's how i equated it back to like working at startups i was like oh my god she's selling her vision so sell that vision those are the two things that i recommend selling the future i'm adding that to my linkedin headline <laughs> uh, <laughs> Okay, scenario number two now. Okay, we have Alex here, and they've been at their job for 20 years. What can they do to jumpstart their career in the next 30, 60, and 90 days? Wow. Um, so, Alex, uh, what I recommend that you do is start reaching, doing some informational interviews, my friend. Reach out to your network and, uh, you know, start off with some uh, your close friends or, you know, people and just, just tell them like, Hey, listen, you know what? Uh, I know I'm, this is probably crazy. Okay. I'm probably the craziest person right now to think about jumping careers, given the pandemic, but I just want to pick your brain and get some input thoughts, you know, your you, blah, 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 et cetera. And start doing those informational interviews. Okay. 10, 15 minutes on a phone call or whatever. One, what that does is, is that not only does it help you reconnect? Don't ask for a job because that's, you know, you're not there yet, but it helps you just reconnect with people. So you're, again, building and nourishing that relationship. Number two, it gives you insight. You learn about what the industry, about their career journey, et cetera, and so forth. And the third thing is you're now starting to practice with the interviewing. It's like working out. If you haven't worked out back in early March, right? And now you just go back to the gym because your gym just opened up. You don't just like throw on and get on the treadmill and start running, you know, 10 miles in a day. You're going to get super sore. Maybe just take, you know, half a mile, you know, and you work yourself up because when you're ready, you know, and start going, man, you're going to be way ahead than most people because most people don't do that. So 
that, that's what I would recommend. Career journey and not a career marathon. Thank you. <laughs> okay, last question here. And I know you get this a lot. What being an introvert, what was the first step you took to finally get out of your your little comfort zone for public speaking in terms of public speaking? Yeah. Um I opened my front door and I walked out. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? That sounds kind of funny, but folks, you, you, anything that you want to do, you got to get off the couch and you got to do something. I've said this a million times. Some of you heard this and you're probably like sick and tired as soon as I say it, but activity beats perfection. Activity beats perfection, folks. You got to mm -hmm. do something. And, and, and that really was my first step of like just getting out of my comfort zone. Um, and, and, and as nervous as I would get of speaking and, you know, cotton mouth and butterflies and this and that, I, I just like, okay, let me just do it again and again and again. And you, the more you do something, the more comfortable you get at it. It's just like, today, you know, these webinars, honestly, like I could give a rip. You know, as far as I know, no one's listening to me right now, but hey, I'm speaking as if there's a thousand of you listening to me. Okay. Why? Because I've done probably now close to 90 online events, folks, in the last like eight months, nine months. So I could literally go up to a wall and give my talk. Okay. Because I've gotten used to it and it comes from practice, practice, practice. So you got to do that. The last thing too is, is that I'm gonna let you in into a personal observation, folks, okay? Over my career, I have seen extroverts. When I was in my early 20s, I know people that I was in college with, that I was connected, and I'm still connected to them on LinkedIn, extroverts. I used to look at them and I'd be like, I wish I could like speak like that, I can't, and today, for whatever the reason is, I don't know what the reason is. I don't know if they're just not active on LinkedIn. I don't know if they all of a sudden they went into their shell. I don't know what they're, I don't know if they became, you know, Mr. Perfect. I have no idea. But they ever, rarely do I ever see them share content or engage on social media. And, and folks, you know what? Public speaking, it is like a muscle. Okay. The less you use it, the harder it gets. And so what is my point into, like, like I said, I have just been on this journey of just constantly changing, doing things, getting myself out of my comfort zone. And I realized that it is that consistent effort of putting myself outside of, of stretching my comfort zone that has expanded my comfort zone it has expanded my ability to help others it has expanded my ability to influence others and ultimately from a business standpoint it has blessed me with the growth of my business i i was shocked not that long ago when i sat down and analyzed i have trained people in five continents folks this introvert this person who english is my second language i've trained people in five continents i never would have imagined that so that's what I recommend. There you have it, folks. 30 years in the making, the OG <laughs> introvert who can now speak to walls. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, that concludes all my questions. Um, any parting words before we sign off here? The, um, I just want to tell everyone that um, thank you, everyone, for <clears throat> your your support, encouragement, um, and uh, and uh, you know there is always room for winners out there, folks. And every single one of you is a winner out there. And I'm not just saying that to be like, oh, Pollyanna. No, every one of us inside, there's a seed of, of greatness. There's a seed of us having overcome challenges. Keep overcoming those challenges, folks. Be patient, be consistent, and don't let anyone steal your dream. And you will, will kick some butt out there, folks. So appreciate all your support. Have a great uh, evening, folks, right now. And, and thank you so much for uh, being with us. Thank you for listening to Career Talk with OG. Be sure to rate us and let us know what content you want to see on our next podcast. For more information, visit our website at www.aspidaconsulting.com. Thank you.